there's a difference between strength and power yeah. because strength is a posture of war. Mm. Strength is a posture of anxiety. Mm. Strength is a posture of something that's coming against you. Sure. Fighting something that's coming against you. Absolutely. So you have to show up in strength. Mm. Every but, day. But sure. power is is a posture of being. Mm. Power is a, a posture of stillness. Sure. And 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 so when I'm showing up in strength, I can't show up in my power. Hello, Wisdom and Wellness family. It is officially Women's Month and I'm so excited to chat to incredible women who are doing incredible things and inspiring us. So it's going to be a good month. Let's enjoy it. And spring is around the corner. Today, I am speaking to someone you guys have been bugging me about in the DMs. Every second DM is like, please bring her on, please bring her on. And it's none other than Ayanda Mangubane Boroto. She's an actress, activist and author of Unbecoming to Become. Welcome, ma'am. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for me. I want to talk about Tanda, hey? Yeah, seems like it. Yeah, you <laughs> you really love, but I think when I picked up your your book and I started reading, I got lost in it and I'm like, okay, I understand why people want you there. Yeah. Want you to come on. So tell me about the process of writing your book. Oh, was there a process in that um it wasn't planned? Really? I didn't I I didn't always think I was going to write a book. Yeah. I didn't see myself as an author. Yeah. Um it's a title that's recently been added to my resume, but that's not what I set out to do. Um so I I got into a space in my life a couple of years ago, I think five years post marriage, where I was feeling a certain type of way about myself, yeah. feeling like I'd lost myself. Yeah. And so a lot of the content that I was putting out on social media was around the journey of unbecoming, unbecoming. to, be, to yeah. become. And yeah. that was that became the the, the official hashtag mm. for my caption. So, so it started out as thoughts, a hashtag. It started out as a hashtag. Okay. And my, my thoughts about the journey of unbecoming and where we find ourselves as women when we when we feel like we've lost ourselves. Yeah. Right. And um, there were calls for me to write the book, to write a book because of the stuff that I was putting out. Mm. And, I, and I was like, guys, it's captions. It's just captions. Please relax. relax. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, everybody, everybody calm down. down. <laughs> it's captions. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then God spoke. Mm. Um, I remember it was, a, it was a very clear instruction that sure. I should write, write a book. And I thought, is this me? Is this the noise? Is this really God? And so I prayed and meditated on it until it became very clear that it was a divine instruction. And I remember thinking, okay, like, so where do I even start? Mm. Where do I even begin? Are like, you a I reader? Don't know. I, I'm a reader. Okay. Um, but, and and I'm, I'm pro- probably also a writer, but that was also another part of me that was forgotten. A part yeah. of me. Yeah. Discovered, but, but I'd, I'd put, yeah, something that I'd put aside. Um, and then remember times when I'd go to exclusive, exclusive books and I would page through like huge books and I'd be like, Oh God, but like, do you really expect me to write? Yeah. Like me, yeah. write, like, what am I, you know? Yeah. And then what am I going to do with this book? Once sure. I've written it, so what am I going to do? Um, and then I remember I just one night took out the laptop and I started with the chapters. It was an incredible thing because for some reason, the chapters came out of me as if they'd always been in me. Sure. And the words, once I started writing, they just, just started to flow, flow yeah. as if they'd always been in me. And that's part of what I say in the in the book, at the end of the book, to say, um, I think this was also a part of my own healing and self-discovery and mm. and and unearthing and unburying those things that I that I buried about yeah. me. Um, but also how incredible was it that Actually, the words had always been in me. Sure. And and they were just waiting for a particular time to yeah. come out. God time. Um, and so that's how the book was written. And it was a it was it was a fairly easy process, I think, because it was my life story. Mm. Um and and a lot of things that I'd battled with and a lot of lessons that I was channeling and sharing. Um and so that's how the book came about. I didn't know what I was going to do with the book next. So once the book was finished, again, I was directed as to, you know, how the cover should look yeah. and, 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 and everything was essentially just divine direction. Divine direction, yo. And I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense that 
um, with all the challenges that we had trying to get into the bookstores as a self-publisher, yes, had a, eventually had a distributor, but it made sense that it did as well as it did. We've sold sure. over 50,000 copies in, so- to, in South Africa too. South Africa and Yeah, but too. we know how the market, yeah. the book market chat. Yeah, I mean, a, a bestseller in South Africa is like 3,000 yeah, sales. Yeah, 3,000, 5,000 copies. Yeah. Sure. Um, and in the in the three years that the book's been on the shelves, yes, the sales have dwindled now, but um, the book really did amazingly well. well. So what strikes me about the book and just looking at your life is you're a fairly private person. Yeah. Um, like it seems like you give us little bits, but I can tell that you're very private and you keep to yourself. But I was amazed in how vulnerable you are in the book. Like I have stories of like ex-boyfriends and relationships <laughs> that, listen, unless the Lord comes down himself and sits down and says, you're going to share this, it's not happening. So mm. how did you feel having to almost be so naked for so many people in sharing that story, particularly with the, with the father of your child who was a gang member and you stuck by him? Yeah. So it was very clear from the beginning. Again, another divine instruction. If we're going to do this, we're going to do it in truth. Sure. And if you're not going to tell the truth, then Stop don't do it. it. Yeah. Um, I think the thing for me was understanding that there are a lot of people who are going to find healing in my story. Yeah. And understanding that the purpose is bigger than me. And if I've put it out... You can't use it against me. I That's put it the out thing. first. That's it. You can't use it against me. I put it out. Mm. I chose to put it out. Yeah. I own it. Yeah, you can't you, shame you, me. You can't shame me about yeah. it because I've put it out there. Yeah. Um, so I think the in in the process of writing the book and drawing closer to God in that time, it was the the understanding and the wisdom that came with. What does being vulnerable mean mm. at this point? What does it, it look mean, like? What does it look like? Um, and also what is it going to do for those that you're going to impact? Sure. And once I saw that, I knew it, it it had been the right thing to do. Sure. Are there parts that you left out or do you feel like, you know what, I bared everything that was important? I think I bared everything that was important. Okay. Um, the stuff that I didn't share... Couldn't have made it a wasn't, difference. Yeah, couldn't have made a difference. Yeah. The stuff that's there is the stuff that I think... Um, was most relatable for people and it's it is what I was told to share I know a lot of people say life begins at 40 and you (laughs) kind of recently about two years ago turned 40 40, right and taking into consideration when you wrote the book and who you were then um, and you were obviously rediscovering yourself and unlearning to relearn so if I had to ask you today post 40 post writing the book in the state you were in who is Oyand? Sure. A constant work of evolution. Ah, sure. Um, I am constantly becoming, because like I say in the book, a becoming journey doesn't end, but I'm centered in my being. Mm. I, I understand that I am who I am in this moment mm. and I'm, you know, and I'm content with that. Um, and, and, a, and I'm a, a scholar of life. Yeah. I'm, you know, the, the things that I had a certain type of view about five years ago, you wrote my book, view is yeah, different changed, now, yeah. you know, um, or maybe it hasn't changed completely, but I look at that and I think, mm, maybe not, Same maybe cooling. slightly altered, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? So um, constantly evolving, being a scholar of life, I'm constantly learning through my own experiences and through the experiences of others. Sure, I yeah. love that. Four years into your marriage and career, you speak about experiencing a grief-like feeling, right? Yeah. Um, almost a mourning of yourself. And I can relate to that. For me, I had my first child a year into my marriage and all how almost broke loose because you find yourself asking who are you? Like, yeah. what is your purpose? I was at a point where I was just willing to let it all go because I guess postpartum depression plays a, plays a role, but you don't understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to know, tell me more about that period of your life. Was it a, oh, you just woke up and realized, shucks, I've lost myself. Or is it a process that you kept feeling, okay, something is off? It was progressive. And eventually when I confronted it, because... Mm. 
for a long time, I'd felt this sadness and you rightfully describe it as, as grief because at first I didn't know what it felt like, mm. but it, what it was, it's what confusing. the emotion was, was yeah. like, am I sad? Yeah. Am I am depressed? I ungrateful? Am I, and you know what I yeah. mean? Like you have all of this because your, 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 from the outside looking in, your life looks perfect. Mm. Uh, by the world or society standard, you're married, you're married you have children oh, yeah. and you have boy children mm. and, um, you you are working. You have a great career. Uh, things seem TV. to be happening for your TV. Like, <laughs> yeah. what more do you want? <laughs> and I had this heavy sadness that I carried with me, and I didn't understand what it was. Mm. Um, it was only much, much, much later, even post writing the book, that I understood sure. it to be grief. Um, I always described it as sorrow. It was mm. like a, 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 an empty feeling. Mm. It felt like sorrow. Now I, I understand that it was actually grief because at the time I was mourning self. Before you continue, how do you differentiate between sorrow and grief? I think s- sorrow is more pity. Okay. From a place of pity. Okay. Like pitying where I am. Mm-hmm. Whereas grief is... Um, an emptiness linked to loss. Ah, I love that. So sorrow is more of a petty yeah, yeah, feeling. Yeah, like I'm here and I don't know, I don't know why I'm here. Yeah. And I, like, you know, whereas I, I feel like grief for me cemented it was because for me with, with attaching it to grief meant that something had something happened. Something was lost. Something yeah. was lost. Yeah, yeah. And so I had to find what that thing was. Sure. Um, and of course, realizing that that was self, I yeah. couldn't recognize who I was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, it, it was progressive. And then one day, I woke up and I, I, I just felt okay. This is, this is not me, yeah. and this is not the life that I thought I wanted. Yeah. Um, it's taken so much away from me. It's taken so much of who I am. Um, when you feel like you're living for everybody else and you belong to everybody else but self. But yourself, yeah. Um, and you're doing everything for everybody else but yourself. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it, that was a, a profound moment for me. And so what are your, what do your first steps of healing after recognizing that? And it's such an important question because I think in most of the conversations I bring on mothers and we touch a little bit and always the comments is, I've, I can relate to that. I've lost myself. So the losing of self when you become a mother um, and marriage, I feel like is so more common yep. than we realize. And there's identifying, but then there's, okay, where do I start? Because maybe I might start on Monday, but feel like mm, maybe this is not it. But how did you start where you started saying, I'm intentional about, I don't want to say finding myself again or going back to self, but rediscovering, relearning, evolving, growing, and accepting where I am in order to be in a better place? Acknowledgement mm. first that this is where I am. Mm, this is the truth. Um, and what got me here? Sure. So what got me here? And it was because without identifying the stuff that got me here, I wouldn't be able to deal with being able to and bury myself. So in the book, mm. I talk about it as the coats. So when we're all born, we're all born with our own unique coats. And your coat has diamonds, rubies, mm. platinum. Mm. You know, yours is different, unique. Yeah. Mine has gold and and whatever. Yeah. And and it it's it's unique. It's as unique as our DNA. Yes. And nobody's coat is ever the same as anybody else's. But by the time I'm five. I, I put on a, a different coat because I see how I'm treated mm. um, in, in reference to my brothers. Mm. And then I look at the status quo in terms of authority and power with, with my parents. And mm. I look at mom who has all the responsibility and my father has all the authority. Sure. And as I start to understand things about God, I see that I'm not, as a female, I'm not representing in divinity. And mm. I think, okay, so where do I fit into divinity? Because... Everything that is God is male, man, yeah. right? So 
I start to question who I am and what my identity is in the spirit world and in the world, um, and and so on and so on. So as as we grow, as we grow, we we keep putting on these different coats that don't belong to us. Sure, right? Um, coats of unworthiness, mm. coats of rejection, mm. coats of um, responsibility, false mm. responsibility. Mm. Mm. Um, as gold children, there's a lot of false responsibility that is put Especially or placed as on a us firstborn as child. firstborn child. <laughs> yeah, so I. I I had to go back first and acknowledge that yes, this is how I'm feeling, and then what are the coats that are bearing me that that are heavy for me that I'm wearing that don't belong that don't belong to me. to me. Yeah. And once I was able to identify them one by one, I was able to then say, okay, um, how do I deal with this coat? So one of one of my heaviest quotes and one of the first quotes that I had to deal with for me was the rejection from my grandmother. grandmother yeah. Um, and that's the first chapter I, I deal with is, okay, I, where does the unworthiness come from? Sure. And the earliest memory of feeling unworthy or not enough sure. was, was from my grandmother. Yeah. Um, and, and by virtue, you know, and I say this all the time, may her soul rest in peace. Um, she, she, she was a she was a an absolutely amazing soul. My yeah. grandmother was a beautiful soul, yeah. and she loved she me loved to no, to no end. Yeah, and I never want to disregard that. Yeah, um, she just loved me differently because of, or she saw me differently because of how she was conditioned and socialized yeah. as a woman in that time. Mm. Um, and so, I, I had to identify that one of the heavy things for me was that there was a, a memory linked to unworthiness that had to do with my grandmother and what had uh, transpired, transpired specifically a, a specific meeting that was held, which was where the, she had put the stamp to say, you know, you will one day marry and, you know, uh, these ones will, sons continue, will yeah. continue the legacy yeah. as if I wasn't important enough to carry on with the sure. legacy. And that's why um, I always caution to say we shouldn't focus so much on lineage hmm. um, versus legacy. We shouldn't focus on lineage mm -hmm. um, because the, the lineage stuff is, is the is physical stuff. Yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the stuff. But anointing is so divine and mm. it can be placed on anybody. Mm. And, and legacy mm. carries, is carried by the anointed one. It's, sure. not, it's not through lineage. It's sure. through the legacy. Sure. Um, and, and of course... <clears throat> My grandmother would not have known it, known that at the time, um, and so she deprived me and displaced me of the opportunity to be who I was called to be mm. in the family, um, because she, her understanding was that her boy children would we'll be the ones on. to carry on the 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 the, sure. the lineage or and, the family surname. And it's so important that you mention that because I think a lot of um, had a conversation yesterday, and a lot of particularly us women struggle with that self-worth yeah. and um, self-awareness. And I think it starts in the conversations you hear. Like you said, the boy child almost gets prepared to take over the world. Like yeah. you're prepared, which is, this is what you're going to take over. And then the girl child is, you need to learn how to do this. So you'll be able to do that. And we, it, because we heard it so much, it became normalized. But now, as we're doing the work and finding ourselves at, as women, we realize, actually, that stripped me of my self-worth. And not, not that it was done because mm. my parents hated me. It's just all they knew. Mm. It's just it is all, all they, knew. they knew. And and the displacement is a big thing. I, I mean, I, I read, I read a, a quote recently about weak men produce masculine women. And strong men produce feminine women. And so what we've done is produce um, um, a large part or a big generation of very weak men. Mm. And we've displaced women and displaced them in their femininity. Mm. And women are showing up as very masculine. Mm. And yet there is a lot more power in us showing up in as who we are in our femininity. I want you to unpack what does it mean as women showing up in masculinity? Like, give me an example. What does it look like right now? So it looks like um, leading like a man because you weren't taught how to mm. lead like a woman. Mm. Um, you go into corporate spaces and you want to lead like how men lead because mm. if I'm to lead like a woman and in my being... 
and and who I am as a as a woman, I'm made to nurture. Yeah. Um, to 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 protect, but it's a different kind of protection. Yeah. Um, and 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 for instance, corporate doesn't allow for that kind of leadership. No, you have to be tough. You have to be tough. Yeah. You have to, but you can be firm, firm and and lead. I saw something on Twitter where someone was saying, um, we have to be honest, and I'm paraphrasing, we have to be honest, but um uh managers who are women in this in, in, in corporate and at work are are bullies, right? Yeah. And they left that and then it was obviously an <laughs> argument and someone said no, it's not that they bullies. It's just that you expected somebody to mother you yeah. in the workspace. Yeah. So now you're speaking about us leading in our femininity. Are you saying that person was right to say they should expect mothering and nurturing? But at the end of the day, as a as a leader and as a as a woman, you know that you have to do ten times more than a man, even though that's not how it's supposed to be. But that's mm. the truth of it. So as women, how do we now make sure that we are still showing up in our femininity and in our vulnerability, but the work gets done. It's so hard, hard for me. I'll tell you why. Because I don't think we have, we have a, a strong reference for what powerful femininity yes, looks like. Yes, yes. And it's hard to then say, okay, but what do we reference this femininity that we want to see in corporate as? Sure. Because we, we don't have those examples. You have to figure those it out on your own. You have to figure it out on yeah. your own. I mean, the closest example I could get to is um, Mama Winnie Mandela in her older age. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the closest example I can get to, closest reference I can get to, um, because she was tough, man. But she was tough in, and bold in her, in her, from the womb. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. In, in her in her divine feminine state. Yes. Um, she wasn't trying loving to be a man. Yeah, loving nature. Yeah. Yeah, she wasn't trying to be a man. And I think it's 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 going to be a, a, a tough one for us to to define for ourselves because like I say, we don't have strong references. Yeah. Visible, strong, visible references of what that looks like. Yeah. We don't have many. It's not yeah. that we don't have we don't have it all. Yeah. We don't have many. I think for me right now. Like you said, there isn't much reference, but I've identified, like you said, I look at my grandmother, our grandmothers, who've had to pretend like they're not the ones holding the the family together just so they can give the, the, the father the honor, right? Mm. And for me, that I look at that and I identify that actually I'm a born leader. Yeah. I'm a born leader, lovingly. They had to hide it. I don't have to hide it. They were still loving and still leading the family, even though it had to be from the back. It's sure. a long conversation. It's a long I can conversation. go on and on it's and on. It's a tricky conversation. It is a really tricky conversation. It's a tricky conversation. Um, yeah, and we will, we will navigate it. We're going to fall flat on our faces, but we'll get up and we'll figure it out. I think our daughters have better opportunities because they, they, have, they will see it. Yeah, they, they will, will see it. it. They yeah, will see it. Yeah, for sure. You recently wrote on a post that, you don't find your worth in people. You find your worth first and then find people worthy of, of you. you. What were you talking about? So much of who we are or who we think we are should be is so is linked to how people perceive us. Yeah. Um, and I think when we're constantly trying to find validation outside of us, we're going to always uh, fall short yeah. because we're never going to be enough for people. And we attract the worst people. And we attract <laughs> the worst people. So for me, that is about being um, true to who you are and understanding mm. and being solid, cemented and grounded and embracing mm. who you are mm. so that you don't find validation outside. And I think especially in the, today's world of social media, where everything is about how many likes. How many likes? Did this one comment? How many followers? Yeah. Who commented? Yeah, did you like? Oh, they Who's following me? Yeah. Like, that stuff doesn't matter. Yeah. We've got um, kids, so many of our children who are relying so much or who are building so much of their self-worth based on that kind of validation that has no substance. Yeah. Absolutely no substance. Um and trying to define themselves by who the world says they are yeah. and how the world perceives them. Um, and it's it's sad to see. It really is sad to see because I get kumundu ofunukfila sengati 
agatandwa. Yeah. We want to be loved and we seen and heard. We want to be loved and seen and heard and yeah. and, and, and and embraced. And embraced. Um and so when that that doesn't seem like it's happening, um I guess we feel lost yeah. somehow and we feel less than we feel like we're not enough. And so for me, it's just always been important. Uh, I suppose it's part of why I raise my children the way that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, some years back, I moved. That's why it took me so long to get here. We moved to further south of Johannesburg. Mm. We, we bought a um, a farm on a ranch estate, mm-hmm. um, Midval area. And kind of just, I wanted to be away from the city life. The city life, life yeah. Uh, I at some point I also felt like the walls were closing in on me, and so I was like, "Yeah, I know. I need to. I need to get out of here. Like, there's no. It's too much it's noise. Too much. There's a lot happening. There's yeah. a lot happening. It's too much noise. But it's very intentional f- about it for the children. Sure. Um, and that's why I homeschool my children. Really? Because yeah, yeah. Your daughter's homes- out of school, though. My daughter's out of school. Was she She's twenty-one. She was. She wasn't homeschooled. Okay. So the the boys are homeschooled. She was in homeschool. She was already in traditional school. Yeah. In, in the tra- traditional school system. So we let her finish that. Um, she's at varsity now. Yeah. And have has her own place. Um, she oh, comes home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. Has her own place. <laughs> Yeah, she's at varsity now and she has her own place. I mean, she's home now yeah. visiting. Um, I don't know why these kids... Mabe <laughs> Sekaya, it feels like my alarm. Because <laughs> they come like, home. Why is everything <laughs> just finishing? Yeah. Um, yeah, so she's home now. And um, the boys, like I say, are homeschooling. It was, it, was very, it was a very intentional thing for us to yeah. homeschool the boys. because Are you teaching them personally be... or you've got like a tutor? No, we teach them personally. Um, Teach yeah. me your ways. <laughs> you must be really patient. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Dad is very involved. Okay. Their father is very involved. Um, so, so it was a very intentional thing for me that I wanted, I, I wanted them to be grounded and solid in who they were because I saw how my daughter struggled. Mm. My daughter struggled through school and sure. just being herself, herself and finding and and being able to see what I could see in her she could never it, it almost didn't matter how much I validated her mm. the outside noise is always too loud. Was, it's, too loud. it's too loud it always it always drowned my voice sure um and so I just wanted to get to a place where we, we wanted to get to a place where the boys understood were solid and grounded in who they, who they were yeah. and and that the parents' voice about who they are is the loudest. Is the loudest. Yeah. Do you think we and I'm I'm looking at it from creation that we are already born in sin, right? Biblically, um, born of sin. Do you think we are born knowing that we are worthy? Or do you think we are born not unworthy and we work and the goal is to un- identify that we are worthy or do you think we're born with that and I know it's a confusing question do we born with the worthiness and then we lose that worthiness and then we have to find that worthiness again I think we're born with the worthiness we okay. lose it and then we have to find it and that's why the title unbecoming to, to become, become yeah. because the premise is that perhaps the journey is not about becoming anything but mm. that perhaps the unbecoming journey is about everything. unbecoming everything so that you can truly become who God created you to be yeah um, you look at how children are mm. and how they think they can, anything is possible. Yeah. My son thinks he's Spider-Man <laughs> and you can't convince him <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> so I'm trying, a friend tweeted something. So I'm trying to, so he, lately he doesn't want to sleep in his own bed, right? Yeah. And so yesterday I'm taking him to the bathroom and we're getting ready for bed and I'm telling him, yeah, but if you sleep in your own bed tonight, you're going to be like Spider-Man. And yeah. he's like, I'm already Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> Funny. Um, yeah, when you look at kids, my son, where we live, because it's, it's like, yeah, far out there, yeah. and there was a snake that had found its way into the house. And I remember I was upstairs in my room and I hear commotion. And then I hear my son, who was uh, probably seven at the time. Yeah. No, he was six. He was six at the time. Yeah, Carla, he's crying. Like, yeah. crying. like, what is going on? And everybody is like trying to keep me away because if I see the snake, yeah. I'm going to move house. 
like I'm oh, okay, so like, it's your territory make now. Make sure she doesn't see that snake. <laughs> so the husband is saying, make sure she doesn't see that snake. <laughs> Everybody, I'm gonna like I'm gonna get this out, but make sure she doesn't know because we're moving. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Mpilos, my last born, is hysterical. He is hysterical. And I'm like, what, what is, is going, going on? on? It wasn't a huge snake. It was um Smaller than a snake, yeah. but a dangerous. It was a stiletto something. Yeah. It was a dangerous snake. Uh, but it was quite quite small, so it wasn't like a mamba or anything like that. And I get downstairs. So they've captured the snake and they've put it in a, in a thing. Uh, my husband's captured it and put it in a box. And I he get downstairs and he's still crying. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, what is going on? And they're like, he was trying to grab it. He was trying to grab it because he honestly believes that he's that he he can like he's seen he watches the snake catcher and you know he sees them doing this and he's not scared like I'm not and I and I'm trying to explain to him that this thing could have bitten you and he's like no but I'm not scared and they speak Sisutu and and Sisulu he really is just like scared of nothing sure scared of nothing sure. And it is us who teach them teach to be them scared. Fear. Mm. It is us who introduce them to fear. Yeah, because he, he could have caught the snake. He would have been fine, but, but you're the I one. I want him to be scared of snakes. <laughs> be scared of snakes. I want him to be scared of yeah, snakes. Yeah, it, it, it's incredible. I think I learn like we think we're supposed to teach children, but yeah. I think as soon as you take off that expectation. I learned so much from my children. Yeah. Like I learned so, so much. And even letting them lead lead us. So I have this thing in the morning where while they're getting ready, um, that's when I have my prayer time and I have worship music and I have my Bible. And my daughter comes to join me because she finishes bathing first. And then she starts, she asks to start writing. Mm. So at first I'd be so irritated because it's my time, but then I started letting her. And then I see her, she's four and she mm. already writes. So there was a magazine in front of her and she was writing the, the, the word house. Yeah. And I'm like, this child is already writing. writing. All I have to do is just create an environment right. where she can explore, go as far as she can and not limit that to age or yes. that curriculum or whatever. Yes. We just have to let them show us that they know what they know. They're they know. instinctive. They know exactly what they need. Yeah. And that was important for me with my kids as well because they, they learn differently. Mm, they they learn differently. differently. Yeah. Um, and so... And I knew that my last born would struggle in, sure. in traditional school. Sure. I knew that he would struggle. And sure. we didn't want him to have to go through that. Mm. Um, and also with the bullying and everything else, just you want to protect them you protect for this in, in this tender age that they in as they are building and, and becoming who they are meant to be. Um, yeah, so so true. It's instinctive sure. for children. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and I believe that children come, you know, God gives us, children the children that we need we need yeah yeah to come yeah. in and teach us yeah, what we it. need to heal yeah what we need to work on yeah um, do you think you're more instinctive mom with your lost um child than you are with you were or are with the other two the older ones so the the last two are uh nine and eight my daughter's 21 so there's a huge gap, huge gap yeah. so i think i think i'm a lot more intentional with my parenting okay. and a lot more um yeah, I'm. I'm a lot more involved in the parenting and than trusting I was with your Piwa. voice and trusting. trusting yeah, than I was with Piwa. Yeah. I mean, she says it as as well. Sure. Um, she says oh, I parent the the boys differently than I did her. <laughs> um, I remember <laughs> we at a we at a restaurant and Bilozi, he I don't know what he was doing, but then flipped the the milkshake and it spilled everywhere and you know commotion chaos people coming and cleaning <laughs> and whatever and i you know and i turned to him and i said it's okay and i could see he was embarrassed yeah and I said to him, it's okay boy yeah like it's okay they'll clean it up and so don't worry it's okay we'll get another one you know and we moved on yeah. i didn't make a big scene yeah and pure turned to me and said yo nothing hit me she was like yeah how things have changed. <laughs> I'm sure with her, you were, you were probably going to be like, hey, boy. <laughs> yeah. how things have changed. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, I, I, we've had this conversation. We've had this conversation um, to say, I think children, and I, and I say it as if I expect them to understand, that we're, we're, we're also children 
trying to raise children when we have them. Yes, we are. We're also becoming in our parenting. We are born um, as much as they're born. born. A new you is in, born. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's, you, you, it's not a thing. You're not born a parent. Mm-mm. You become a you parent. You become a parent. Sure. Um, that is so freeing. And, and I was saying to people, you have to understand, I was a child just trying to raise you, trying to, you know, yeah. and, and, and now with experience, and, and I'm sorry that you were the sacrificial lamb, <laughs> but with experience yeah. and with time yeah. um, and the lessons, now now I know better. Now I can do better. Like Maya Angelou says, when yeah. you know better, yeah, you, you can do, do better. better. So you had your um, daughter at a young age and it was filled with a lot of shame. I think you told your mom when you were eight months, six, 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 six yeah. months pregnant. And what has that experience taught you now? Because I know then... You were just trying to, I, I got in your story. Like that's what I do when I read a book, mm. I get in your story. So I became you. Mm. And when I became you during that period of your life, I could almost understand that possibly for the first five, 10 years of your life, you were just trying to prove, which, I've got this. Mm. Don't worry. I'm covering the shame. And I don't know how much living or forgiveness you did for yourself, but me coming into your story, I can imagine how those years of my life would have felt like, proving myself right and so I know there's a lot of girls who are in that situation where um they feel like they've let down so many people they feel this shame and they feel so alone what do you what do you want to say to them now as 42 year old Ayanda it's interesting that you bring it up in that way because I actually hadn't thought about I didn't thought about it in that way in terms of how that experience shaped me. I just mm. know how I got through that experience. That's it. I just don't know how, I didn't know how it shaped me. But as you speak, I'm listening to you speak and I'm realizing that so much of showing up in, um, showing up in strength, mm. um, in uglungisa, mm. Um, yeah, mm. so much of showing up. So and 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 it might not be Kolisa in the sense of, um, uh, I don't know how to put it, but but m- more of feeling like taking on stuff that I shouldn't take on. Yeah, because maybe I'm trying to close a gap. That's it. Somewhere yeah, you're trying to make up for, for it. I'm trying to yeah, make so up for stuff that I did. Extra, extra, extra. Yeah. And I didn't, I'd, I'd never seen until now, until you spoke about it, sure. I'd never seen that experience as something that could have um, added to how I show up mm. in my adult life. Sure. Up until now. Sure. That's why I got a little bit teary when you said it. Mm. Because part of the work that I'm doing as I, as I go through therapy, <laughs> because I am in therapy, <laughs> is having to deal with... Um, the neglected child mm, mm. Um, and the child who had a lot of um, responsibility placed on her. Yeah. Are you me? Because <laughs> <laughs> I am you. <laughs> um, and how suddenly that made me um, resentful and angry mm, yeah. at people. Yeah. Um, because I felt like so much of my life was stolen. Mm. Like there were things that I could have done that I didn't do because it felt like I needed to close that gap sure. and I need to take care of this one and that one. Um, and, and for a long time, I didn't understand why. Um, and I felt deprived of my power because I always showed up in strength and strong for everybody. Wow. I felt deprived of my power because I always showed up in strength for everybody. Yeah. yeah. And so the way I explain that is that we, we, we have to look at the strength narrative for what it is mm-hmm. in that we're constantly told that women are strong mm-hmm. as if it's something to glorify. Mm-hmm. And it's good. Mm-hmm. It's fine to be strong when, when you need to be strong. Mm-hmm. But the posture of strength for women has become an identity. Sure. Um, sure. We identify ourselves through strength. Mm. And there's a difference between strength and power yeah. because s- strength is a posture of war. 
Mm. Strength is a posture of anxiety. Mm. Strength is a posture of something that's coming against you. Sure. Fighting something that's coming against you. Absolutely. So you have to show up in strength. Mm. Every but, day. But sure. power is, is a posture of being. Mm. Power is a, a posture of stillness. Sure. And, and, and so when I'm showing up in strength, I can't show up in my power because yeah. and I, I can't be still and I can't hear and I can't be me when I show when I show up in strength. Mm. And so for a long time I felt like I'd, I had to show up in my strength. Yeah. You know, um and it was a good thing because it was strong. Yeah. And I remember you're dependable. Recently, you're dependable. I yeah. remember having a, a conversation with it wasn't a conversation. I had a, a tiff with my mother recently um about something. And she then sends me some long text and then says something about, you know, and I'm sorry because I just always thought you were strong, mm. not realizing that um, you're actually sensitive and you also feel, you also, mm. you know. Sure. <sighs> and so... It's hard being people like us because people don't realize that you also need people to be there for yeah. you. Going back to the question, I've gone about it in a roundabout way. I think as a 42-year-old looking back at that situation and having to show up in strength and to prove myself, I would say... Firstly, to any mother who experiences a daughter who falls pregnant, mm. to understand that they're children. Sure. Before anything Before else. anything else. And that your child needs you. Sure. And it's hard. It's hard yeah. to think like that. Yeah. You can be angry for a moment. You can be disappointed for a minute. Um, but make it a, mo a, a minute, a moment, and... And but 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 then you have to transition to being a, a mother, mother or a parent yeah. to your child, sure. Because it is, it, you have to be in a place of understanding your child is having a child. Mm. Yeah. One and moment doesn't much, change that. Yeah. Yeah, and in as much as they've placed them in, they've placed themselves in a position where they've made adult decisions, and they've now placed themselves at a place where they now have to behave like adults. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. You have to understand that your child is a child mm. having a child. Sure. And to the children who are having children, because I was a child, one, it is to say, and I know we hear this all the time, that it, you know, it's not, it's not, it's a speed bump. Mm. It's not the end of it's mm. not the end of the road. Mm. Okay, it's not the end of life. But I think more importantly, it is to embrace where you are. Mm. Yeah. It is to embrace where Accept you are. Accept it, yeah. Accept where you are. Yeah. You're you're a child having a child. And mm. what can I what what can I learn from this experience and what can I what can I do to get to a place where um you know, I don't forfeit all my dreams. Mm. I don't, my, but embrace where you are. Because if you don't, then you become angry, you become bitter, you become mm. resentful, and we know how that can impact the mm. child. Um, but also it is to say that things get better. Yeah. You're not always going to be in that position sure, I love forever. That. Yeah. Things get better. And I learned that from my gynae, um when I was contemplating having an abortion mm. and he... And he refused. Well, mm. not refused, but in a roundabout way got me. I mean, if he people read questions. the book, he asked yeah. me the right questions the right to questions. get me to a point yes. where I said, okay, I'm going to keep the baby. Yeah. Um, and he said to me, this time next year, things will be better. Sure. And he said, go and face the music. Because he was like, why won't you? And I said, because my mother's a single parent and I, and I can't put this on my mom and mm. I'm still in school and this is my graduate year. Sure. Um, I just, I can't do this. I can't have a baby now. And he, and he said, this time next year, things, things will be different. Yeah. 
And sometimes so I hold that's on to all that. you need to hear. That's no? all you need to hear. And I think I think we we get so overwhelmed with what the future is going to look like, yeah. like in ten years time. Or no, right just now. right here now, tomorrow. I'm I'm gonna wake up with a different mindset. Sure. And if it's not different tomorrow, it's fine. I have tomorrow, tomorrow. and t- another tomorrow yeah. to work on it. Yeah. But you, you can't bite the entire elephant in one go. Sure. Bite it in small chunks mm. and you'll get there. You'll and get I promise there. you, in this this is what now? July, yeah. going into August. It's not going to be the same as next year, same. August. Yeah. And it's not a long time to wait. No, it's not. <laughs> I love what you said and I want to emphasize it that you don't have to lose the dream. Yeah. Because I think for the longest time when there's pregnancy, everyone almost announces it. Good to, ah, you've thrown away your future. Like there's that hanging thing that what's going to become of me now. But yeah. I, I love that you just, and you finished school. I finished school. You finished school. And I went to work. And you went to work and life continued. And you continued to go after your dreams. And not to say it was easy, mm. but you continued. Yeah. Like what lesson has taken you the longest to learn? Oh, wow. <laughs> Yo, do I know? Maybe you're still learning it or you're, you're refusing to learn it or you've even forgotten that you've learned it. It's been the hardest and the longest in that I'm a, I'm a, Mm-hmm. Um, but also I, I, you said in the beginning, I'm, I'm private. Mm-hmm. So in that I, I have boundaries in how I engage with people. Yeah. But because my ministry is about people mm-hmm. and I care for people. Mm. And in my naiveness, <laughs> I'm very trusting. I'm going to ask you again. Are you me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very trusting. Yeah. But I think the, the it, it was a challenging lesson and I had to define this for myself. It was that personality is different to character. And we have to get to a place mm. as people and to understand that what you see as the personality is not necessarily the character. Sure. And we invest so much in people and their and personalities. their personalities and not Ooh. the character and we live in a world that invests so much and hypes the the personality, the personality. than it does the character sure um everything is surface level personality yeah. Yeah. i walk into this room and i'm bubbly I'm like, yeah i guess it now you think you can build a life with that person you know what i mean yeah and i can walk in here and because i'm in my stillness and somebody says, "Oh, she's, she's so, she's so arrogant. Mm. You know, she's so, uh, she's so distant. Like she's so." But almost what kind of character is that? Then to tell you what she's like, like a cool. Sure. Um, I'm learning to not be fooled hmm. by personality, personality. Okay. and to invest more in people's characters. Sure. Because that is what sustains friendships. That is what sustains marriages. That is what sustains wow. relationships. Wow. It is the character, not the personality. Sure. And personality changes, right? And per- personality changes because it adapts to the environment. To the environment, yeah. And character what's happening? Character stays the same. Character. And, and the thing about character is that you often don't see it because character usually surfaces when it's tested. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, That's the thing. So I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm I'm getting to, I'm trying to get to a place where I'm like, how do I test But it's it's been the hardest, it's been the hardest lesson. Um because, because I think, you know, I just before I just used to allow people into my into my yeah, space yeah, and yeah. you know and and you don't, you n- not really understanding people's intentions. Sure. And also then giving them a place and space in my life and heart that they haven't that earned. That they haven't earned, yeah. So I'm, I'm also learning that people must earn who they are in my life. Ooh, they must okay. earn it. That's some self-awareness stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know about God for sure? And I wanted to make sure that I put this question because I know you start your book with asking God <laughs> some hectic questions. Um, but what do you know about God for sure? 
that God is real, that God will never leave me and nor forsake me, ever. That's it. And always, he, God is always in me, with me, about me, for me. Mm. That I know for sure. Yeah. All the politics, everything can ah, come guys, and go, but God, but <laughs> God, God is for you. Yeah, God how, is for me. How do you define purpose? Sure. Yeah, ne. Is purpose not truth? Living truthfully. truthfully. Wow. Oh, that is perspective. Because we we're a generation of I want to live in my purpose. You're living in your purpose, and it's like purpose is such a hype word. I think purpose sure. is truth. I think it's it's walking and living sure. in truth because, and and that's why so many of us are trying to find it because. That having been born worthy and knowing what the purpose is, because the purpose is innate. Sure. Right? And over time, that purpose becomes buried with all the stereotypical, the conditioning, the 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 socialization of who we're made to become. That purpose is buried. And we the try to find it out and the truth is lost. Sure. But I think if we're walking in truth, purpose becomes easy. And I and I and I say it in reference to me, having walked in my own truth, yeah. I was able to find purpose sure. because that that book uh, for me was vulnerability and truth. Mm. Um, and in that vulnerability and truth, I was able to find and define what my purpose is. Sure. Um, and I and and it's sad. It's sad to live in a world like this because so many of us are trying to find purpose in big things platforms yeah and platforms and big things and with big audiences yeah. with you hand know, clapping and, and appreciation you know. and, and oh maria that's it and that was it and and came here was Zalili silo ushaka and that that's was it hmm. yes she was the voice of reason and wisdom in his life but she didn't come to be the king or the queen. She mm. came to give us a king, sure. and that and that was enough. Yeah. And 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 <laughs> it's interesting wow. because she knew she had always known that, mm. um, and so she understood that she needed to fulfill her purpose and live her, her truth, truth yes. in order for him. To fulfill his. his truth, yeah. Everyone has to play their role. Everybody has to play their it's role. It's interesting you say this. It's been a conversation um, over the last few days. And I guess it's just God is emphasizing it that I think so many of us are lost in the trying to be the big thing. Yeah. The main one. But the truth is we're not all going to be the main one. And it doesn't make your story, your truth less valuable. Yeah. Just because mine is in the front and yours is at the back. Yeah. Your role matters as much as my role and vice versa. Yeah. Sure. True. So true. I mean, it's the same with this event that we're having on the 26th. Um, Unbecoming to become three generations of healing. For a long time, there's been calls for me to have an event. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. Just because I got a caption in the book. <laughs> don't mean I have to have an event. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's having events. It's yeah, like, it's like it's a no, thing. No, it's a thing. It's it's And everybody was having women's seminars. And people yes. were like, you would kill it. 100%. You would kill it. 100%. Someone would come. You would kill it. Mm. You would kill it. So guy, beige or pink. Like, no, I'm not called for that. Sure. God hasn't said I should do that. And until God instructs me to do it. And, and, and until... I I I feel in my spirit that this is what I should be doing. Mm. Then then I'll do it. Mm. And 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 I'm very I'm very intentional about yielding to what the spirit says to me because yes, often when we do things by our own strength. And so when I know I'm carried by grace, mm-hmm. when I so like with the book, yeah, I knew grace carried Carry, me. Yeah. It wasn't my wisdom. It wasn't my strength. It wasn't my doing. It wasn't my intellect. It was none of me. Yeah. Grace carried me. Then I know that even when I face challenges, mm. I can look them straight in. Yes. 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 Yes.
it's getting you're giving me making me so emotional because this morning in the shower it's been a, a long week of conversations every day right yeah and my biggest fear i'll always say what if i run out of things to say like that's yeah. always my biggest thing is god what if i run out of things to say and it's as if holy spirit said hey i'm the one who tell I'm the one who allows these conversations firstly and I learned that with my podcast because there's been so many times where I've tried to get people on and then it just doesn't happen and mm. I'd be so disappointed until I learned that and unless the holy spirit unless holy spirit permits mm. it won't happen so what you're speaking about that grace I found comfort in that yes I'm physically tired but god you permitted it and you're the one who said I should do it therefore I'm relying on you. So if things get messed up, it's your reputation on them. It's not me. It's on you. It's on you. It's on you. I like that. Yeah. So you say that the goal of your book is for women to find themselves in a heightened state, right? Of actualization, acceptance, and self-love. Mm. And we've touched a bit on this already, but just in a simple sentence, where does one start in the self-actualization, acceptance, and self-love? Healing. Healing. Yeah. Ah. Healing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, yeah. that came to me much later. Um, it's something I realized after having written the book. Mm. Or it's something I hadn't delved into until after writing the book. Because what the book did was having unlayered and having taken off all these quotes. And then I, I, I see myself in this in my original mm. quote, there's also a, a, a grief and a sadness and pain linked to the stuff that I carried. Yeah. And we have to heal through that. Yeah. We have to heal through that. I don't think we can ever actually get to a place of self-love without the healing. No, you can't. You can't. Because utanda in. Did you see the picture on, on social media where there's a cup and a plate and a spoon that's broken in pieces and then it says, uh, there's like a quote that says, we've been together for 10 years. But the whole thing, is, is, <laughs> you're just holding on to nothing. Holding on to nothing. To broken pieces. To broken pieces. Yeah. Sure. So I think I think it starts with the, it, the, it healing. Starts with the, healing. the healing. It starts with the healing. So for instance, with me having identified, having acknowledged this is where I was and then having identified the first quote that I wanted to deal with um, around my grandmother, there were a lot of conversations mm. in the spirit mm. about what had happened mm. and I had to let it go and release it. Mm. I cried mm. days. I cried. Um, I wrote mm. to her. Mm. Um, but I, until I got to a place where I felt like I'd let it go. Let it go, yeah. I'd let it go. Yeah. Um, so I think healing is a it's huge a part step. of that. It is Agreed. the first step. Yeah. Healing. I mean, hurt people hurt people. So yeah. how do we expect to have impact if we're still hurting? Yeah. 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 So 26th of August, you're hosting an event yes, um, at am. my friend's place. Shout out to my <laughs> Wata, the fortress. The fortress, uh, a beautiful venue. The fort beautiful venue. And it's called Three Generations of Healing. Um, why three generations of healing? Is it going to be you, your mom, your daughter, or is that what the conversation is around? What are you hoping to achieve on the day? Whew. I'm hoping to firstly heal the generation of our mothers. Yeah, they, 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 they need healing. <laughs> They need a lot of healing. <laughs> they need a lot of healing. <laughs> if we need healing, they need they healing. They need a lot of healing. Yeah. And to get them to a place of understanding the the stuff that they passed on to us. us. Yeah. Because we're the generation that is, that for for a minute, we're like, this is the status quo. And then at some point, we're like, ah, uh -uh. whoa. Mm -mm, not me. <laughs> What's <laughs> going on here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah. And then we were the generation that started to question. Um, and then you have the generation of, and, and so we're the generation that started to question and, and that are trying to deal with, with mm. the stuff because we're saying we don't want to pass down what our mothers passed down to our own daughters. Sure. And so we want our daughters to be there for the conversation. And I'll give you an example of why the, the generations are important for me, especially with ourselves and our daughters. Mm. We're in a society today where marriage is being redefined. Mm -hmm. But also, I think in a society where, and, and it, you know, I, I have no squams with anybody who says they don't want to get married. Mm. 
I, I don't I don't believe we are all, all meant, meant to, to be married. married. Yeah, we are all meant to be married. But it is about understanding what the purpose of marriage is. Mm. So we have a generation of women who are so heartful and who are saying, actually, I don't want to do this. I don't need to do this. And I, and it's, it's not to say even that which is detrimental even to them. But it is to say we're in a generation where it's become too easy. Yeah. It's, it's easier to yeah. walk away. Yeah. Yeah. And we're the generation that says it's optional. Mm. And if that is the narrative that we're creating about marriage, sure. the next generation is going to say, if it was optional then, then it's unnecessary now. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> in a society where nobody's getting married and it's not about marriage, but in a society where we're not building families. families. There's no community. There are no communities. Yeah. There's just brokenness. And that's my worry. So for me, it's about addressing those sort of things to sure. say there are narratives that we're trying to fight around um, or call it toxic masculinity and how that affects us in marriage. Mm. But it doesn't necessarily mean that that which is the purpose for marriage is not necessary. Mm. It still is. How significant it is. I was listening to a conversation and this this pastor works with um, schools, right? And he said um, that school system was dying because people aren't having as many children anymore. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like, oh, yeah, we have two children now. Mm -hmm. Before they used to have five children, mm -hmm. ten children, now two. But eventually, like you're saying, first it becomes an option. Mm -hmm. Then it becomes unnecessary. And before we know it... What's left. what's left? And I'm not just talking the context of children. But yeah. So much more, like you're saying, even yeah. in marriage. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And so we have to look at the generational impact of the decisions that we're, we're making, making for this generation. Yeah. Because it's not just about us. Mm. It's not about us. Mm. But there's so much that's placed on us because we're the generation that said no more. Yeah. But if we're saying no more, how are we redefining it? Huh. And and whatever whatever we redefine is going to be the status quo. Sure. So we have to be careful with that. Sure. Um, we have to be careful with how we pass it on. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think in all aspects, what I'm hearing you say is that, yes, I'm making decisions for me. Yes, I'm self-actualizing, healing. But my healing is not just for me so that mm -hmm. I can be comfortable and it stops here. Mm -hmm. It's for what next? What's next? What foundation am I laying for the next generation? What are we preserving? Yeah. What are we growing? Mm -hmm. And what are we doing away with? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, there's great lessons to learn from our mothers. Yeah. Um, so it's not to say everything that they passed on to us horrible. Was, was horrible mm -hmm. and negative. No. Mm. Um, it, it, it matters how your perspective of what Tukbegezela is. Mm. Mm. It matters. Yeah, it matters. Um, because maybe if they didn't, who knows where we would be? Yeah. <laughs> would we be here? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it matters. Yeah. Everything in perspective. Yeah. But I think it's also important to mention that, um, yes, we're doing away with the narrative of Begezel. And like you say, understand what that looks like. But like with everything, like with your, your, your career, your ministry, your purpose and everything else, there's sacrifices. Mm. There's the good and the bad. Mm. And so we kind of want everything, unless it's good, unless it looks like holidays and shopping and vacations and couple goals, then I don't mm, want it. Don't but want it. there's a, everyone carries a cross. Yes. There's a cross to bear with every single thing. And we need to remember that. We need to remember that. All right. We get into my wall of wisdom as we're closing <laughs> off the conversation. Three books or podcasts that you recommend? Uh, what happened to me? What happened to you? Mm -hmm. um, I think Oprah was here talking about it. Yes, yes, yes. Did you go? I did go. Oh. The most mind-blowing experience of my life. Oh, wow. Mind-blowing experience. I wish I'd been there. Oh, I hope I can find a recording of it. 
I don't know if this. I don't think there was. It was. I don't know if it was recorded. I don't think yeah. so. But I know they are going to be doing more work um, yeah. around that because they've just. They were basically presenting a system of how they've been running the school based on the lessons of the books and um, trauma teaching, etc. But okay. yeah. Okay. Um, there's a book called This Present Darkness. This Present Darkness, okay. I don't remember who wrote it, but I'd recommend it to anybody who wants to understand how the spiritual affects or impacts or influences the physical world. Okay. It's literally a fiction story um, that takes you through a journey of, as it happens in the spirit, how everything then plays out in the physical. Sure. This present darkness. This present darkness. Okay. Um, Indaba, My Children by Bob Credo Muta. Okay. Indaba, My Children. Children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's three already. Yeah. That's yeah that's you want to go? <laughs> go? Okay. A quote or Bible verse that you live by. There's also another book. Okay. F- Falling Leaves. Falling uh, Leaves. Falling Leaves. Um, it's a Chinese, Chinese woman, mm-hmm. but it's, it's it's a it's almost like an unbecoming to become story as okay. well. Okay. Yeah. Leaves. Yeah. Right. But in that world. Okay. And I think it was it, that one for me was important in that the thing that I always say as women it doesn't matter red green blue mm. yellow Chinese Indian white European We're all whatever. We're fighting the f- same fight. <laughs> We're fighting the same. We're fight. fighting the same fight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Quote a Bible verse that you live by. Bible verse would have to be. Um, it's the Jeremiah one. Mm-hmm. I don't. Do I live by it? Well, that is it. That carries you. It doesn't mean every day. <sighs> so I know the plans I have for you. Yeah. Uh, is it plans to prosper, prosper me? you? Yeah. Um, give you a hope. Give you hope in a future. In a future. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremiah twenty nine verse it's eleven. It's twenty nine verse eleven. Yes. Yes. I don't have a quote. I have a saying. So every morning before I start to pray, Givula Muktula, Omosa, Okanya, Otando, Ngazimulo, Nintando, Namandla, Angulungulum Vinangi, Magubenami, Nabandonabam, Numdenwam, Manja was over on a parade. Amen. Do you want to translate it? <laughs> <laughs> Uktula, Uktula is peace. Peace, yeah. Uh, light. I start with. Love. I start with peace. Is that yeah, how you so I, direct so translation? So I, I, I call upon. I call upon. upon. Yes. Uktula, Ukanya. Ukanya is light. Light. Love. Indando, God's will. In, in Gazimulo, my glory to be upon me. Um, Amandla is power. Um, Nomosa is grace. Ugube Magube Nami, Nina. Myself and my children. My children, my family. Um, um, now and forever. And forever yeah. Amen. Okay, you're going to fill in the sentence. A wise woman once said. <laughs> a wise woman once said, effort. <laughs> no, you can't go from giving us the most powerful prayer. <laughs> There's no way. Come on. I need a better wise woman. I didn't know that trick. <laughs> like... Well, I thought that was the ending. No, this is the last. You can be the wise woman. A wise woman once said, "Live, but don't, don't leave yourself behind." Ooh. Live, but don't, don't leave, leave yourself, yourself behind. behind. All right, we'll see you on the twenty-sixth of August. Thank you so much. High five. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs>